From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. How are you? I'm going to call a friend of mine now, uh, Alex in Colorado, and uh, see what he's up to. And uh, maybe we can talk about crime together. Hey, hey, how's it going, man? Hey, what's happening, Alex? What's up? Uh, you, uh, I, I didn't wake you up, did I? No, man. I'm sitting down in the uh, studio here. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, say, listen, uh, I appreciate you telling me about that, uh, what do you call it, um, subway fire. <laughs> I had seen that there was a guy who died. I, th- I assumed it was of the uh, virus. Well, no, you can't assume that. There, there's got to be some non-coronavirus-related news I know. out there. Yeah, you know, and yet you, you have to have your man in Colorado notify you. Yeah, of of New York City. Well, I guess they're treating it as a crime too. We can save it for the podcast. No, you know? no, this is the podcast. We've started. We've oh, begun. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't. I, I uh, yeah, and, and that's true. You did have to tell me about it. And you don't have to rub it in here, but it is it is a fact. 17 people injured in the blaze at 110th Street. Uh, it's a Central Park Northway, uh, North Subway stop. Yeah, that officials believe was deliberately set. Now, the version that you sent to me in a text was actually about 100 times better than what I read in the New York Times. It's... Uh, you know, they, they tell it in their typical New York Times way. They open by eulogizing Garrett Goebel. Look, I, I'm all for, uh, you know, saying nice things about people who save lives and shit like that. But uh, True. in the first paragraph, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure. Maybe they figure you already know what happened uh, well enough by the time you get to them. Here's what it says. Growing up in Brooklyn, Garrett Goebel dreamed of being a police officer. But as he got older and started a family, he decided law enforcement... It's too dangerous. Instead, he found a job as a subway train operator, a much safer option, he thought. Danger found him anyway, and and uh, and that and we we continue. Uh, he pulled his yeah, and then it, and then it tells the story as like, not like okay, here's the important shit. It like tells it as it happened. He pulled his train into the station. And he smelled so yeah, somebody smelled smoke. He heard the train conductor yell, "There's a fire." <sighs> That's why I don't ever read the New York Times unless. I don't know. It, it, every once in a while, it's worth it to get it irritated, I guess. Yeah, I understand. I, I'd love to hear the post version, which might come out tomorrow, maybe. But No, the post version is out, I'm sure. I, I, I think it just is, uh, you know, I, I, it just wasn't the number one result. As, <laughs> as a responsible consumer of news like you and I are, mm-hmm. you must look at different sources and then deduce kind of what the real goddamn story was, yes. you know, which is yeah. a homeless person somehow got their shopping cart full of shit down those subway steps into a car, set fire to it and let it just ride uptown. That was my old neighborhood too, by the way, like West side, 110th, uh-huh. 96th street. But Jesus Christ, man, like it's hard enough on some nights. And this was, was like 3am. I think it happened. It's hard enough on some nights to get your own body down onto the train and inside, but a shopping cart full of combustible materials and then set that shit on fire and then... Well, yeah, like you said, he had to, like, carry it down. And, and like, getting a cart down there is... I don't know if there's an elevator or not, but, 
you know, you well, those never work. You, you well, and if, and if they do work, they smell like piss. You don't want to be inside there. <laughs> but true. if the uh, if if you're trying to get your cart full of garbage down there and you're a homeless person, you know how people will help with a baby stroller. You know they'll like you know sometimes you 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 help a, a mother mm, up yep, somebody true, else true. around. Yeah, I mean I I never do that anymore because I just say it's too big of a liability, but. You know, I, I wouldn't doubt if some, you know, like Upper West Side, uh, you know, kindly people uh, who care so much, they I, I could see them helping with uh, the the uh, homeless guy's car. Like, oh, poor home, poor guy. Yeah, sure. I'll give you a hand. Uh, yeah. Let me let me help you with this cart full of kerosene canisters. Yeah. <laughs> and a fuse. On it. Hey, you know what? Maybe this they, I wouldn't mind there being a crackdown. Not so much. On, I mean, homeless people I feel bad for. Homeless people who start fires and kill conductors, you know, you can kind of like find a way to not like, I guess. But uh, I don't, I don't like it when they build whole like uh, mansions out of cardboard, you know, and like. Uh, so you see, yeah. sometimes they there was a lady who linked together a bunch of shopping carts. Put, to, I mean, I'm talking like thirty of them or something like that, and then they had all these. When they have a big mountain of garbage and they claim like, oh, this is their stuff, or when they start accumulating furniture in front of places, it's like that's too much, man. Just, you yeah, should... it becomes it becomes a fire hazard at that point. Uh, exactly. Yeah, this is, as, this as... is a mobile fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like it's funny about subway fire because, like, uh, I, I I did do that search after you mentioned this to me, and uh, here here's what came up on YouTube. I thought I was going to get a video of of the subway fire, right? but it's but instead. Uh, it's the whatever video it's well it's this Are you familiar with that song? Are you familiar with no, that song? I never, <laughs> I never heard it in my life, and it it kind of it it uh, hurt me. Yeah, me it hurt too. Hurt my soul. Yeah, to hear. <laughs> I feel like it should be called dumpster fire. Uh, oh, I, yeah, that's right. You're as as you're going through a breakup. You know. I, by the way, if you need any interpretation done on that, let me know, and I'd be happy to help. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm sure, looking I'll try at, and uh, drum up something. What do we have here? Good times. Uh, the picture that there is, it's like these. It's four guys in this video. Yeah, I guess that must be maybe that subway fire themselves. This has been there since 2007. Uh, and it was posted by Shaw, uh, Shaw 05 and uh, has almost half a million views. By the way, I've, I'm, I'm up to uh, n not too far from a million views on my uh, Laura story that I told on uh, this is not happening on YouTube. So. Yes, congratulations. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's probably the only thing I've done that anybody's seen a million times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, except be you late. You got credits, man. <laughs> you, you have credits. I, I officially have Didn't credits. Say that. I need to come to your city or town. Well, uh, the conductor died, and that's uh, sad. And that uh, subway fire, uh, we we sure hate to see it happen. Uh, subway conductors among some of the nicest people in the world. You know, it's not too uh, rare. For, for them, uh, in fact, it's happened many times. I'm, I'm running to get to the train. 
over on, uh, you know, say 18th Street. And when they're, uh, they're stopped, and you can tell the guy should, you know, like normally the train would go away. He leaves those doors open just a little longer, and I can get on the yeah. train. Uh, yeah, even better if they got their head stuck out the window looking before they close the doors. That's always a good one. Yeah, look out the window and, and make sure. I think that they're, like, legally required to do that, but uh, uh, I, I still, you know, hey, I'm not going to take anything away from I have to agree with you. You know, I'm looking at these. These next few stories are very, very similar, each one of them. An opportunistic crook broke into a Harlem barbecue restaurant closed for a coronavirus deep clean. 20-year-old Freddy Basturo broke into the Dinosaur Barbecue. Holy shit. Well-known barbecue place, too. It's, like, known to be one of the best. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. How is the food there? Well, I mean, uh, it's hit and miss. You know. Yeah, it's no, it's it's hyped up. You know, a lot of places are. But go on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Not at all, man. Not at all. I I I, I, I love good barbecue, but I but I you know bad ribs, man. There's nothing worse. If or mediocre ribs, even they really need to be excellent. Well, it's in Harlem. Pat, you should you should you should have seen the ribs I made on Saturday, man. Oh really? Solo baby baby oh, back man. ribs. I don't know what they were. They were ribs though. Someone would have slapped me if they. If they uh, tasted them, really, but go on. Not even their mother; they would slap you in favor no, of slapping yeah, some, their it, mother. <clears throat> That's you got to slap the chef sometimes. Somebody needs to be slapped. These good. are so good. <laughs> uh, they, well, the way this guy did it, it was very clever. The way he got in, he shattered a window by the front door, and because uh, because he couldn't shatter the door, I guess if he probably would have gladly done that, snuck into the restaurant. Once inside, smashed the cash register, took some cash. Before trying to escape, cops alerted to the burglary in progress, arrested him as he was exiting through the back door, and he was charged with a felony. And his clothes to thoroughly clean, repair, and disinfect from top to bottom. I guess they want to make sure that they... By the way, takeout and deliveries, uh, you can still get that <laughs> in Manhattan uh, and in the rest of New York as well, I guess. Although places are closing earlier now, you know? I mean, like, you can't get a subway anymore after a certain hour, and... Uh, I mean, I'm talking about Subway sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've missed the window at the grocery store out here in Colorado. I've missed the window at the Subway, mm. the wherever. But all that aside, everyone's heard enough about coronavirus. I want to get your opinion based on the previous story of how like criminal like robberies, like how, how do they choose their spot? That was a fucking dinosaur barbecue. You can do that. You can do a bank. You can do a McDonald's. Like, how do you, what, what's the mindset with the location? Is okay, it just I'll convenience you, or? I, I'll tell you how I bet it goes. Uh, I bet that, like, he's having a conversation with somebody about uh, barbecue. You know, somebody mentions dinosaur barbecue. <laughs> and then somebody says, man, let me tell you something. That place, they make money. They make money. They, uh, they do good there. And hmm, something just like, sticks it could be that it could be that um the dinosaur barbecue that area 110th uh, or excuse me uh yeah 125th and the 12th avenue or wherever the fuck it is yeah it very well I'm, may I'm be familiar. very well may be that he came out of a blackout while he was taking a piss behind there and just thought all right i mean i i think that you know they're not uh 
a lot of criminals, especially a smash and grab type like this, you know, a solo guy. Not, uh, I, yeah, I, we're, I, we're not dealing with the best and the brightest. Yeah, too. it's hard for me to think uh, that, you know, stupidly. Or, you know what, it could be he was in there one time and he just saw all this money going into the register and he just thought, man, that's where the money is. It's all in that box. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, sure. It's, it's something sure. about that easy, I think. You know what else is hilarious? The sign when you're pulling open the double doors to go into some restaurant, no money, no cash in the register. Oh, really? There's no, there's no, you know, cash on board or cash in the register or whatever. Just kind of like that weak deterrent yeah, they on ass- the front door. First of all, yeah, they're assuming that whatever cash register robbers are coming in there can read, you know. And, uh, and <laughs> secondly, that they obey and believe signs, you know, I mean, like, like there's no telling. Yeah. I, you know what, though? Something tells me that, like, because the way this story ends up, okay, they expect to open again on Thursday and resume takeout and deliveries until this thing passes. And then there's a long quote from the statement, we want you to know that we are here for you and the community, and we, were, we are taking a moment to be able to bring excellence through takeout. Uh, throughout uh, uh, through our takeout and delivery, I think it's it's almost like a, a publicity stunt. You know, maybe they yeah, well, it, maybe they had it yeah, done. The, you know, oh sure. In, in these trying times, dinosaur barbecue is here for you. Yes, and, for and you, takeout and delivery, right? And so they want to, you know, get the name in the paper. I we wouldn't be talking about dinosaur barbecue otherwise, you know. And, and here we are, and I'm sure that there's hundreds of uh, comedy uh, crime podcasts throughout the, the city. Uh, doing the same thing. There's not. There's only one. Oh, sure. New York City Crime Report. The only all New York City, all crime comedy podcast uh, that you can find. Subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars and, and say something nice. And then make sure you subscribe. Another one here, a Brooklyn restaurant. They broke, uh, some guys broke in. They, they swiped a cash register with $560 cash. It was at Zatar Cafe and Bistro in Bushwick. Sounds like one of those, what do you call it, uh, gentrifier-type restaurants. Oh, absolutely. Zatar. Pat, Pat, we should be robbing restaurants. What are we doing right now? Nothing. <laughs> you know? We're, <laughs> we're podcast. We, we could be getting tens of dollars from B&Es right now. You and I, yeah, we could we could divide up that $560 cash. Right down the middle, two eighty a piece. Uh, they, the, I'm just I'm I'm brainstorming with you right now. <laughs> it's it's I, I can assure you it's not that bad yet. But video uh, sure. was right. it, I mean for me anyway. I don't know. I mean you want to get a flight back here and start robbing places. I'm not gonna just turn that down. That's actually about the best uh, offer I've heard business wise in about three weeks. So yeah, I mean, and we can put this on the record too, and there's zero consequences. Look, man, uh, these guys are probably, if they've been caught even, they're already out again. I mean, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not like, the, it's not like there's any law anymore. We're, we're, we're moving towards total lawlessness and, uh, and then eventually uh, global control by uh, the elite cult uh, that makes the, the world spin around. Everybody knows that. Um, yeah. The, uh, well, p- people need this co- uh, podcast more than ever now. So let's. Uh, in these trying times. Uh, <laughs> Continue the story. I think you're right. What yeah. story were we I've on I've been here? really trying. <laughs> <laughs> the video released by NYPD shows the men trying to open the door by force, tugging and yanking at it with their full weight before they got wise and broke the lock with an unidentified tool. So, uh, hmm. yeah, that's, they they were tugging and yanking, and then they uh, and then they 
broke out their unidentified tool. Uh, one inside, one of the men kept a lookout while the other two, uh, well, excuse me, while the other guy grabbed the register. And uh, a manager of the eatery told the Post he believes the crooks were emboldened by the coronavirus panic. He's confident cops will get them. They're going to catch them. They'll get caught. Uh, these kind of people think that this country has no laws right now and that they can do what they oh, want speak. because everyone is locked up at home. Maybe I think more like these guys than I realize, I guess. Yeah, they're talking about us right now. Yeah, man. I mean, look, we may fit the profile, but we did not do this. Look at the video. We all have to stick together. The list is over. We have to start helping each other. Those guys, if they read this story, they're going to bring that money right back. Not a doubt in my mind. <laughs> They're also on the lookout for a group of teens who apparently used their first day off from school to rob a Brooklyn deli. A similar incident in Bedlam Crimescent. And uh, the, the delinquents flocked into uh, 1017 Deli on Bedlam Avenue near La Lafayette Street around 5 p.m. Swiped chips, sodas, and juice from the shelves. They flocked in. When a 55-year-old employee tried to stop the youths from leaving by standing in front of the door and blocking their way out. One of the kids hurled a cash register at a second employee, who's 48, oh nailing God. him in the head. <laughs> I always think a cash register is being kind of heavy. I don't know. If if people were watching me, like if I had an audience, I couldn't rip a cash register off the counter and throw it. But in private. I'd, I'd start. I'd fail there, too, I think. Yeah. That's impressive, though. Yeah, the teens, believed to be ages 15 or 16, scattered on to Bedlam Avenue, grinning and laughing as they ran, according to surveillance video released by the NPD, so, NYPD. So I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that video, but if I do come across it and find it, let me tell you something. Well, here's the link right here. Let's just see if it's here, and then I can make some promises that I will probably keep. Because, you know, CrimeReport.nyc, there's a lot more video and stuff on there. I don't know if you've checked it out lately, Alex, but it's... Uh, oh, yeah, here we have it right here. So you will be seeing this video footage. <laughs> and then they finally got wise and break the lock with a tool. And then they go inside and uh, pick up the cash box and just walk the fuck out. That guy is white. Man, that is a gentrified neighborhood. Hey, these are trying times we're in here. Trying times. Very trying. Oh, my God. These times, if they get any more trying... I've given up. I'm not even trying anymore. I'm gonna, yeah, it's trying times, and you can't even try anymore. Can't even. <laughs> Tired of trying. Uh, like I said, hey, uh, go, go, go ahead. What, Can you hold on? Do you believe that these cops are really on the? I mean, on the lookout just means we're not actively looking for these fuckers. I mean, if they turn themselves in, we'll accept them. You know, I mean, they got more to worry about than kids who are stealing for just chips and sodas and juice i mean no that, that that's fine i i did that from the company break break room downtown <laughs> but yeah uh it's they walk into the uh what do you call it like a Dwayne reed or a uh, cvs now and they they just take everything they 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 all walk yeah, out with armor yeah. i'm talking about crooks you know they just leave in these groups of teens now they're unstoppable people do it on their own too like, uh, you know, you talk to some of these employees, which I do because I go in there late at night and, you know, they, they, they got nobody else to talk to. They'll actually talk to me and they'll say, uh, yeah, some crazy shit happens in there. It's a lot of shoplifting and very, very little punishment, very little investigation. You would think, I mean, it's just constantly yeah, going sure. on. It's barely against the law. Well, they, they talk to you because you look like a detective. 
So they have to answer your question. <laughs> they think maybe, <laughs> maybe they're under oath or something. Right? But no, no, it's like I I stole a pack of gum from a Dwayne Reed in Midtown one time, and I felt bad about it, man. But you kept it. Well, uh, the line was like it was like twelve deep, and th- this is like you know twenty fourteen. I'm incriminating myself. Oh right. I don't, but I, what's I, the statute of limitations of- on stealing a pack of freedom? I don't know. Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it was Freedent you were chewing. No, it was uh, it was uh, Trident. Okay, Trident. Same thing. Anyway, back to the what? What's the point here? You're a shoplifter. Um, you're a thief. You're you're a you have a history of theft. Well, I thought I had to call into the New York City you crime answered report the phone to when I called a New York out. City crime. We have a, a burglars <laughs> breaking into a Bronx apartment. A clever crook made his way into a boogie D supermarket by cutting down uh, was a market a supermarket he broke into by cutting two gashes into the ceiling they say he was a clever crook by cutting two gashes into the ceiling and made off with over get ready for this what did we say in those other robberies how much money was it it was like five hundred sixty dollars five hundred you know you were it's funny you asked me how do they pick them this guy picked the right place because he made off for his two gashes over with over $300,000 in cash. Jesus. What you said gashed into the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is like a, it's like a heist, dude. This is like a fucking, this is like the pink Panther robbery or something. This is, this is, this is jewel theft. This is, this is a, he probably had to duck under lasers and shit. Okay. So, uh, all right. This is your man in Colorado, Pat. Uh You got to kind of break it down for me. All right. Set the scene. Let's let's so, wh- let's start with the with the lead paragraph again. A clever crook made his way into a Bronx supermarket by cutting uh, two gashes into the ceiling. He made off with over three hundred thousand dollars in cash, according to police sources. The thief, who avoided being spotted on the security cameras by dropping in through the roof, broke into the okay. Real Prospect supermarket in uh, Melrose. It's about four a.m. on Thursday. Snuck into the owner's offices. And when the owner opened up shop around 5 a.m., he noticed his ceiling was caved in. Uh, the office was in disarray, and the store's safes damaged and compromised. The burglar made off with the cash from two safes, one with 75000 the other with 225000 What if he didn't go for that second safe? I don't know, man. He's rolling the dice. But how the fuck is there like a quarter million dollars in a goddamn grocery store in that town? But you know like what? How? I guess they, they just hadn't made the deposit. They probably make the deposit every week, and this guy knew the right day to go, maybe. You know, banks are, are probably open, I guess. They're essential, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, it was a good question asked the, you know, the other night. I was, I was wondering, what is an essential worker? When you get right down to it, you know, how, how can somebody no, say deep. who's essential and not essential? I think, I mean, really, that's an insult to workers, and, and all these commie fucks should be upset. But these workers are essential, they should be saying. You know? Uh, well, like grocery store workers? Like, what? which workers are you? All of to? them. I think, I, I'm saying back to work. I say, all right, everybody, back to work. Open up your businesses. Defy the federal yeah. government and open your... I don't even think the federal government ordered that. I think it's, a, it's mostly local shit, uh, state level. You know? Yeah, it's 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 very local. I think. Like, I mean, this is classified. I'm saying it on a podcast, but I, my barber has a shop, and he had it open with the fucking windows papered up. 
yesterday, right? So I got a tight fade yesterday, Pat. All right. I'm looking fresh. Yeah, all right, man. Congratulations. Like, I, I, I'm I'm due, and I won't be getting one for a little while. I feel I I don't know. That's fine. Just grow just grow it out and post pictures and stuff. But I mean, I don't know it, if Roman's going like, to be there. Oh, Roman. Yeah, you know the guy. Yeah, that's a this. Uh, okay, I uh, probably full disclosure here. Alex, who I'm talking to, we'll is the one who recommended out. me to my barber. Which it, was, I have to, it was all bad news before that. I have to say, thank you very much. What do you mean it was bad news before that? My hair? Well, I mean, you were... You were I was sporting the you bickle. You were getting by. You were getting by. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys out at Modern Barbershop know what the fuck they're doing. I'm, gonna, I'm, promo, I'm giving them promo now. Manhattan Barbershop in Manhattan. That's what it's called. And the other one's called Modern Barbershop in Astoria. Now... Let's get back to the burglar stealing all this money. Uh, there were about 15 envelopes. Uh, he also found 15 envelopes containing about three grand before fleeing. I don't know what those were. I, I don't know why, why anybody would be tipped in a grocery store at this point. They used to be tipped. They would take your groceries out to your car for you. For Christ's sake, I forgot all about that. When I was a kid, there'd yeah. be somebody who'd fucking, a guy would run your car, your groceries out in a cart and put them in your fucking trunk. Jesus. That was another time. A cop said the thief also pocketed three security camera systems. He stole the security camera systems. Three of them. Who is this guy? The ultimate I, I, thief. I gotta meet this guy. Yeah. This guy rules at his job in these times. He, in these trying times. This guy is killing it. This uh, It was business as usual inside the food store Friday, aside from a pair of five-foot gashes in the ceiling. Well, they've become a. T- <laughs> I, I'm sure that there's certain women who would be uh, uncomfortable with with the word "gash" being used so much in this story. Uh, gash is yeah, a great it, insult. It's trigger we've really kind of lost lost touch with that insult, haven't we? I don't know when the when's the last time I called some chick a stupid gash. I've never used it. I don't think. Well, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. You're very progressive. Uh, it appeared as if the thief <laughs> miscalculated with the... Oh, so he miscalculated with the first holy cut in the ceiling, which uh, spotted about 15 above an aisle uh, stocked with paper towels. The second makeshift entrance was directly above the second floor management office where the burglar could have easily dropped down into the store during the heist. So, okay, yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> He had to cut a second gash. We need to use the term makeshift entrance more in construction, life, relationships. Love making, yes. (laughs) We may have to go with a makeshift entrance. (laughs) Hmm. There's something wrong with this first gash. I don't like where it leads. It's a funny term. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to the say. second, uh, the store, the store's only surveillance camera was pointed at the front door, captured none of the late night activity. And one one cashier asked not to be named, told the post the heist seemed unreal. It's scary. It's like something out of a movie, like a real life movie. Oh Christ, boy, they I had agree. to close with that fucking quote. That chick is perceptive. Uh, it's scary. It's like something out of a movie. <laughs> I don't want my name I mean, in the paper saying it's like a movie. <laughs> That's not the kind of comment you normally need to be uh, anonymous for, just my opinion. But how, how badly do you want to fall out of a drop ceiling into some kind of closed business, Pat? Like, be honest. Uh, on a scale from one to ten, I'm going to say a one. <laughs> oh, gee. I'm on, too man. lazy for that kind of shit, dude. I'm not kidding. I'm not. I'm not that's uh, <laughs> Even just finding out the... the First of all, just being out at 4 a.m. with your saw, (laughs) 
We're like, ah, true, this sucks. True. That's like having a fucking job, you know? Ugh. You're working for that half of five hundred dollars or whatever the hell. And all this, this guy made. This guy made a lot, though. I mean, this those other knuckleheads. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing, and they still got away with their five hundred and sixty dollars. They got on video and everything for five hundred and sixty dollars. They're living fat too, right? Hmm? The video will be up at crimereport.nyc very shortly, and then you can check it out then. The New York Daily News published a very poetic telling of a crazy-ass, violent Brooklyn man who committed the violent-ass act of murder and followed up by burning the corpse inside a barrel in the basement ass of a violent Brooklyn-ass apartment building. So uh, basically what this guy did was uh, shoot the guy in the head, it sounds like. Police suspect, uh, police suspect 53-year-old Derek Whitaker in the murder of Jonathan Blake. And Blake was the third line of a love triangle in which Whitaker was also involved. Now, here's the way they tell the story in the New York Daily News. First paragraph, the devil was inside, oft arrested Derek Whitaker when he took the empty seat in row three for Sunday church services. The exact spot where missing parishioner Jonathan Blake prayed to God each week. This guy unfortunately did not see it coming, I guess. Uh, now, right in that seat there. A still distraught Dorothy Tomlinson recalled Thursday about the bizarre scene inside the White Plains Deliverance Evangelical Center. You know something was wrong with him. He was delusional. He wasn't himself. He was shouting. He was acting crazy. Police suspect him of burning up the charred victim. They were killed over a love triangle. The dead man uh, identified as Blake by family. He was apparently shot in the head before his remains were torched in the Bedlam Crime Center residence where Whitaker works as the super. So he's the super. That's how he can get away with burning shit in the basement. Otherwise, the super would come down and say, hey, what are you burning down here? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can get away with that. But the, the real crime, Pat. I know. If I, if I look down on the article a bit, uh, let's see. He was banging on the floors at, in church, hollering, Jesus, I'm a changed man, I'm a changed man. He held up the service for about 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. Like church is long as shit already. Well, especially in, with that everybody. Yeah, with that type of a congregation too. I mean, you're talking about evangelicals here. They uh, yeah, I'm, they, they they are very uh, long winded and they and they're serious about their worship. You know, they uh, they don't leave until everybody's yeah. until everybody's saved. You know, no man left behind. Well, I would say if we can deviate for a second. You and I are from the mid Atlantic slash South. But I'm from the south. You're from you're from the I I don't even know where you guys which way you went in the war. (laughs) I'm from Lynchburg, Virginia, Virginia, which is pretty close to Tennessee or Kentucky or wherever. How about that? Yeah. Virginia's for lovers. You got to go to Tennessee to get a volunteer. (laughs) Yeah, precisely. (laughs) Okay. Anyhow, like uh, church is awful already. And then this guy's going to hold up the service for 30 minutes after burning somebody in a barrel well he he he, just rude it it might be it might be rude but it isn't his fault why is that because the devil was inside him (laughs) 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 satan himself uh tomlinson turned nearly hysterical in recounting the scene oh boy i love it when they talk about the demeanor of the fucking person telling the story uh, Even the witnesses are out of line right now. It's just, yeah, I know. She's making this last <laughs> way longer than it needs to. 
he exchanged a hug with the victim's unsuspecting brother, David Blank, and he's a pastor at the Westchester County Church of Worship. So it was so bizarre, recalled Ray Blake Jr., another brother of the victim. Guy had a couple of brothers. And this guy had the audacity to come to church and hug my brother. He killed one brother and hugged the other brother. What kind of man <laughs> hugs the brother? <laughs> he came down to the altar. Yeah, see, he was, he, uh, you know, it, Ray Blake here also adds, Ray Blake Jr., I was uncomfortable with how he was acting. But since we're in church, we try not to interfere with the movement of God. Now, I know guilt was killing him. He was crying out from his soul, crying and kicking and screaming. Bronx woman fights off would-be rapist inside her apartment. Oh, wait, that, I copied and pasted that in there. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> different, different story. Yeah. yeah, Ray Blake Jr. had last spoken to his brother Jonathan Thursday night. Uh, he grew worried when there was no sign of him after that. Family went to the police after he failed to show up at the Sunday service. And now a detective told Ray Blake Jr. Whitaker was stalking his brother for four to six months before the killing. Now that is better than a hug. You know what I mean? Taking note of yeah, where his right. target worked, ate, and lived. And the police sources told the Daily News Whitaker might have had an accomplice. Who knows? He's charged with arson, concealing a corpse. Arson? <coughs> if the building didn't burn down, I'm not really seeing the arson. He just, you know, he burned up the body. No arson charges for that guy, but arson for the... The homeless guy. The aforementioned homeless train arsonist. Yeah. That's what we call Arson charges for the homeless train arsonist. Uh, yeah. He's charged with hindering prosecution and witness tampering. He's likely to be charged with murder. His rap sheet includes 19 prior arrests, including a robbery charge. Now, Tomlinson, Whitaker's attractive ex-wife. Well, no, according to Tomlinson, Whitaker's attractive ex-wife was working the Sunday service as an usher. After the couple, yeah, Whitaker's ex-wife, when he was kicking and screaming and, and, you know, and, and begging to God to forgive him, his attractive ex-wife was working the Sunday service as an usher. Some, some journalist wrote attractive in print. Yes. Attractive. That's so bizarre to me. Whitaker's attractive like, ex-wife. Well, I mean, you know, I mean. You have, a, you have integrity as a journalist, but why, why use that adjective in that story? Well, I think what they're trying to do is um, indicate that he still had a sexual interest in her. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, really, otherwise, why would you say that? I mean, what if she wasn't attractive? Whitaker's quite homely ex-wife. Whitaker's he couldn't be interested in her <laughs> anymore. Ex-wife. There's... You're right in a way, you know, but like I, I think that they're trying to uh, I think there's an implication uh, there, you know, for how he felt about her. She was working there. Uh, Interesting. It says yeah, here after the couple split, Whitaker's attendance lagged. And he did not return for two years before his recent unexpected appearance. I like how the focus of this story is this guy's church attendance and how he stole the guy's seat who he killed because that's what he came and sat in the in the seat of the guy he murdered and burned up in a fucking barrel. The the thing that really concerns me with journalism now it's it's not political. It's people are not telling the facts and the actual story. You know, 
True. Uh, it's like it, everything has kind of a lens to it and there's no, and I'm not going to do the like trope of like Walter Cron- Cronkite or whoever, you know, just reporting the news. You're not going to invoke like, the why? name of Edward R. Murrow to, to make this point. No, man, that's played out. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's so hacky. On, it, uh, that's so crime comedy podcast hacky at this point. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's like, I mean, these people writing these articles, they take that angle or or like focus on bizarre shit. Like, are people just dumb? Do people not have any integrity or education or have like a good head on their shoulders? I don't get it, man. Oh, I, I mean, I can explain it to you. Uh, they, they, a lot of women become journalists. Hmm. That's it. This is, I, I can guarantee you a woman wrote this story. This is not written by well, man. I mean, you know how women tell a story? You've had a story told to you by women. They, <laughs> you know, they, they go around and around and around. That's the way they do it. You know, a, a man tells a story in a straight line and a woman tells a story in, a, you know, concentric circles or whatever. Maybe it's sure. a spiral, you know, it just, it, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's just awful writing. You're right. It's just terrible. I mean, like, I, I, I that, that's why I normally I like to rewrite these things before I, before I get a hold of them, you know, but I'm, it's, uh, I'm so behind. I'm just reading stories directly out of this garbage newspaper the new york daily news which is always like this you know their crime coverage you can always tell something interesting about it by by what they leave out they leave out like something that matters (laughs) you know and uh it's usually something that makes you feel less sympathy for the victim and some sort of like i don't know empathy for the suspect yeah sure sure yeah i i hear that and yeah it's all about clicks and Especially now, man, it's just trying to be like play it right down the middle or to one side or the other. Play it one. Uh, nobody plays it down the middle. Come on, are you serious? Nobody. I I don't know of any news. I think that if there if there was a news source that actually just said what happened, I think it would be the biggest thing going. I think I think that this country is dying for something like that. I don't I don't think there is one news source. No. There's not. There's that, not an unbiased but... one. And that's what I'm saying. There's a huge void there. And people claim, you know, to want that. It might be boring, but the rest of the stuff's yeah. garbage and, and entertainment anyway. I mean, like, do you really need your entertainment and your news mixed up that closely? To get, I guess uh, people here listening to me probably do like that since I've had people tell me I'm, I'm their sole source for news. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> They're dying for news right now. No, no, no. That, I I understand that, and a lot of like independent sources and you know independent media. Like you don't have to turn your fucking TV to get news. You know, like talk about or like is good too. Stop it! Stop! Uh, this is all coming out. I'm not going to have you good. on here promoting. Those are all those people all suck dicks. If you like, <laughs> if you like your independent news with a dick in its mouth, those are the sources to look to. Uh, I think, on the other hand, now when we talk about this... I didn't mean uh, to offend you on your own show, Pat. I, I, it's, Sorry. It's, all right, you're in your cups. Uh, detective... What is it? Wait, what does that mean? It, what is it? it means, <laughs> is that another Southern thing? It means you're full of booze. <laughs> you're, oh, you're, God you're, lo- it, you're loaded with nose paint. <laughs> what are you doing? Nose paint. Uh, well, one neighbor who saw the police arrest Whitt- Whitaker said the murder suspect never showed any outward indication of violent tendencies. He's a decent, hardworking guy, said his mother. 
No, said the neighbor, a, a family friend who spoke on condition of anonymity, works for a lot of buildings, blah, blah, blah. Mother's lived there for 50 years, member of the Bethany Baptist Church, sings in the choir. Uh, I appreciate your time, Alex. What uh, what exactly did you want to discuss? I just had one throwback to the bodega robbery where all the kids came in. Yeah, I remember. Throwing it back to early in the episode. Uh, about about if 11 you're be- minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're behind the counter, what's your threshold What's your tolerance for people just running in and grabbing shit and running out? Oh, it's the place I, I the place that I work. Is it a place I've worked twenty five years or a place I've worked for five minutes? You know, this is your family's. This is the Dixon Bodega. Oh, the tolerance on, is the tolerance is zero. I mean, when those kids come in, I immediately I immediately come from behind the counter and I and I stand <laughs> next to them while they pick things up and I go, "Hey, you, you see, this isn't that kind of store." So you tell all your friends, this is not that kind of fucking place. And I, I, and I slap one of them really hard across the face if they try to steal. And uh, I say, yeah, this, this, you know what year it is in here? It's 1979. Now get the fuck out. What are you wearing during this scenario? What's I'm imagining myself like? in a wife beater, I guess, and an apron. <laughs> this is a fun game. Right. I like this. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I think that that's part of the problem. People just tolerate this stuff. You don't need to do that. And of course, they'll come in and wreck your store, and the parents of the kid will be down, and the dad's gonna fucking kick your ass, and probably stab you. But at least, at least you made a stand, right? How's your life going anyway? Are you, you happy these days? Oh yeah, I'm doing my best, man. Just uh, yeah. Uh, that's a complex question. Yeah, I guess it but is. But we're talking about crime here. People ask me how I'm doing. I say happy. Uh, so, all right, I'll tell you what. <laughs> we have an interpretation uh, that uh, that I uh, performed for you. You know, like uh, we talked, and uh, that'll be running. <laughs> I don't. I think I'll put it out directly after this episode because now people get uh, an idea of what you're about, and uh, they'll find out much, much more. When we talk about your fucking problems, so it's an interesting issue too. It's like it's one that I'm very good at talking about, though, because uh, I've certainly been there before. And uh, I'll let the, uh, you know, I'll let you and you know who I'm talking to, uh, figure it out and uh, listen to that episode, the interpretations. When if you're one of these people who's like all about like, uh, hey, that's not even about crime. Well, you know, it's not about crime. Okay, I'm saying it. I'm saying it right now. I've had people complain about me doing politics. Politics is connected to crime very closely, so I don't really look at it as politics. It's it's a it's a social problem. There are social problems, and a lot of them are instigated by, you know, the mayor and stuff. Now, by the by all means, go to crimereport.nyc, and when you go there, you'll see video of uh, you know some of these robberies and stuff. Like I said, I I promise they'll be there. Not only that, why don't you go ahead? And uh, you could, you know, if you want to help, uh, look, I'm not one of these GoFundMe types. Uh, go to patreon.com slash NYC. It's not something for nothing. You get those old episodes if you like them. The first, uh, I'd say, 160 or so, which are otherwise unavailable. Classics. Right, Alex? That's Did absolutely I lose you? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks again for being here, Alex. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. And thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. And there you go. Uh,